Oh, hello and welcome to The Witch's Grim. Stories and education with a witchy twist. If it's weird, we want to talk about it. So, pull up a broom, holster that wand, and get comfy, because we're about to get started. All right, hello and welcome to this episode of The Witch's Grim. I'm here with my co-host, Lacey. And today we're going to cover an interesting topic. So as you'll probably see by the title of this podcast, it is called The Witch's Aesthetic, The Good, Bad, and The Ugly. And the reason we wanted to cover this topic is because we think that there's a possibility there could be some really good education in it. And normally we try to steer very clear, right, Lacey? (laughs) Yes. Of things that end up becoming trendy or popular or are issues that are on social media, specifically as it relates to TikTok. This particular topic bugged both of us, uh, probably for for different reasons. We were going to talk about it, and that is whether or not dressing up as a witch on social media is assisting in spreading misinformation. So if you guys aren't familiar with it, what ended up happening was a smaller creator ended up making a TikTok video where it seemed like she was trying to be funny, but her approach came across what some might call as extremely aggressive. And again, I do want to just put the disclaimer out there. I am not disrespecting or judging or, 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 you know, putting anybody down for whatever content they want to put out there. That's usually the reason we we avoid the TikTok discussion. We're just giving you the background here. So this creator ended up making a video where she said that she was coming on, I think it's I think her pronouns are she, mm-hmm. just to be safe, I'll say they. They said that they came on TikTok to learn occult things and not to watch a bunch of people LARP. And LARPing being live action role play, if you're not familiar with that, it's essentially a bunch of people get together. It's not much different than Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, They get together, they dress up, and they actually act out specific scenarios. There's typically a general- They knock each other around with foam swords. Exactly. There's (laughs) There's a general like overall script to the whole thing, but people literally come together in person- And much like Dungeons and Dragons, um, they will cast like life spells and all kinds of stuff and then pretend to get in battles with each other. And there's orcs and there's elves and there's dwarfs and there's magicians and there's witches and there's druids and there's kings (laughs) and there's queens and there's all types of courts. And there's typically a king and a queen involved in it as well. There might be uh, multiple ruling factions that are warring against them much like, um, what was the popular TV show? Oh, with- are you talking about, uh, Game of Thrones? Yes. Okay. Cause I've never watched it. <laughs> so Game of Thrones, much like Game of Thrones with the different kingdoms, that's what LARPing will be. They'll only, they'll do it actually in person. Okay. So you're, so what they were equating people doing stuff on witchcraft and dressing up was they were equating it to LARPing. And this struck a lot of people the wrong way and probably rightfully so. So the two sides of the argument are that if you're dressing up and you're you're projecting this particular idea of what witchcraft is, you're just lending to the misinformation that media has already put out there about what we are, what we do. And then the other side of it is I'm not hurting anybody. It's fun to dress up. 
It's entertaining to dress up. That's what this social media platform was started for, was for me to have an opportunity, me being general, for me to have an opportunity to dress up. Um, as long as I'm not putting misinformation about the craft out there and occultism out there, what difference does it make? That's the discussion that we wanted to have today. Now, Lacey, I know that you have some thoughts on this, so I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts. <laughs> well, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit yesterday and you, um, you know, I brought up the fact that like, I, I started my account um, because I was quite literally in the middle of a pretty messy divorce. And um, it was, um, to say I was depressed would be an understatement. And so it was like a way for me to like get out there and just kind of like let go of my stress, you know? And um, my daughter goes to a performing arts school. She's in fashion. Um, she creates costumes. It was a way for me to like show her that her stuff was cool, you know? And so, um, and it all had to do with pretty much the occult in some way. And so I just kind of created some characters based on these costumes that she would make. And at the same time, I would teach, you know, things over the past six months um, with all of the bull that's going on, you know, going on on there. I have just kind of um, like shrunk back into my little corner and just kind of tried to stay out of things. And so I miss a lot of it. So I don't know. I just to me, like you said yesterday, um, it's a form of um, edutainment. So, I mean, it's it it grabs people's attention, draws them in, and you're, you're watching something that you enjoy, but you're also learning at the same time. I do see where people come off that you, you're not going to know from one person to the next, unless you know what you're already learning, if it is in fact legitimate. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but so, it's not, I don't consider what I do LARPing because I, I'm not, uh, LARPing is like you said, quite literally acting out something. <laughs> I don't know. See, there's like a, it's like a thin line, I guess. Yeah. I think the difference between cosplaying and LARPing is that LARPing does have a particular scenario that you're supposed to follow. You're not just dressing up as a character and creating your own story. You're usually with cosplay, unless you're going to cons, you're not really going to be interacting with other characters. You're just typically going to be doing it by yourself. For the listeners to understand, um, I study how people interact on social media. I do this because my business relies on me understanding trends and me understanding how to post on social media in order to generate interest in my membership. So I study trends. And one of the trends that has been something that has been discussed by marketers and has been discussed by researchers is this new idea of edutainment. So obviously entertainment and education that are lumped together. If you can be entertaining while being educational, you have found the right, you know, it factor that could potentially, you know, bring you fame and fortune. Uh, essentially is, is, you know, everybody wants to be an influencer these days. This, this is probably something else we're going to get into on this, in this discussion is influencing, mm -hmm. but uh, edutainment is actually considered a legitimate thing and is considered like the gold standard. If you can figure out how to be educational and entertaining, that's the gold standard of marketing. That's the gold standard of influencing. That is the gold standard of creating growth on your platforms. 
And so how do people do this? They do it in one of two ways. They either do it through creating a lifestyle or they do it through characters, which, you know, you have Call Me Chris on TikTok, very popular creator. She creates characters. And then these characters act out these fake scenarios that are very entertaining. But it's typically stuff that's engaging that we that we can relate to or that we learn something from. And so that's just for the listeners to understand is that if you can be educational and entertaining at the same time, you will probably see exponential growth in your platform. And so that's part of our argument is that you have these these accounts where people dress up and the more you're on social media and the more comfortable you get, you look for different ideas to shake things up. I don't know how some of these creators that have millions of followers do the same type of content over and over again. And if that's what they can do and that makes them feel good, fantastic. But I'm a creative. I also have ADHD. So sticking to something for a long period of time is torture for me. So I need an outlet to change things up. So that's why you will see my content over time, over the last two years has shifted from me sitting in front of a camera, just doing education to talking about my life and my lifestyle. And now I'm wearing wigs and now I'm doing my makeup a little bit differently. And it's because I'm changing it up for me, but I'm also changing it up for my viewers because as I grow, my viewers are going to grow they're going to change. I need to keep them engaged. I need to, but I also need to be bringing new content. Right. And your interests change as you grow as well. You're not going to continually stay this. I mean, some people do, I guess, like, as you said, but um, for me, uh, even thinking about staying the exact same throughout this last, you know, what year and a half that we've been on TikTok, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even imagine it. We're about to approach our two-year anniversary. Yeah, in just July. a few months. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. So <laughs> it's just, it's just, that's part of why we would say, of course, dress up. And then my part of my argument. So let me just say what I think. And, and Lacey, you can obviously add your, your part to this as well. If you have anything to add um, about what I think they were meaning. Um, so part of their argument, I think, I think that she was joking and she was joking in a sarcastic way. So there was like partial truth, partial, I'm trying to present this in a joking way. And it did not come across as a joke. It just basically came across as she was calling anybody who had ever dressed up out. And then some of the response videos that I saw from this individual also made it seem like this wasn't really a joke. This was more, you're just, you're just calling people out. I think their argument was that media portrays witches as these people that fly on brooms and have sparkles that come from their hands and have waves of energy that move around their hands and their head when they're getting ready to cast a spell and things like, you know, you see Sabrina and some of the stuff that is portrayed in Sabrina is not actually the things that we do. Practical magic is as is as close as I've ever seen a, a movie mm-hmm. portray witches, but even practical magic had its theatrical yeah. dramatic stuff. I mean, obviously we like can't the spoon and, yeah. and lighting candles with our breath and shit like that. Like, yeah, we can manipulate energy, but if we could do that shit, we would be unstoppable. You know, yes. like <laughs> I would be putting that shit out on social media all day. 
you know? So, um, I, you know, it's just, it's just media portrays us in a certain way. And that, that, that portrayal of witches has, has a double-edged sword. One, it attracts people, the craft. I remember the craft. I was, um, I was not even a witch yet when I watched the craft and I thought it was a cool movie, but I, I hadn't really like started thought about it. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really started getting into witchcraft at that point. I think, I don't remember when the craft came out. Um, but I know that many people suddenly were drawn to witchcraft because they had watched the movie, the craft. And so great. We have more people who are now wanting to learn. What was it? You would have been 14 or 15, came out in 96. Yep. yep. So I, I wasn't doing, I didn't do witchcraft until I was 18. So it, it's like, you know, obviously I saw this, there was some interest there, but I wasn't like thinking, oh, I'm going to be a witch now, you know, but there was a lot of people who did. And to this day, there are people who watch that movie and they're suddenly interested in witchcraft. And I don't honestly care how you find us. I'm just glad you did, you know? Um, but, but if you believe you're coming into the craft and you're going to move wind and you're going to light candles with your breath, you're going to be able to move a spoon without even touching it and things like that. Then I think that there might be some mental health stuff, not to insult anybody, but there's definitely some disassociation Mm -hmm. and some disconnect from reality that you definitely need to work on you know, and I or think, go learn from a stage magician. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, sleight of hand. it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. So, but there are people who are like, all of a sudden they're starting to get into learning about the craft and they're reading books and the books are filling them in and saying, no, this is not actually how it works. This is how it works. Okay, cool. But I think part of their argument is that if we dress up and we are making cutesy videos where we're pretending that candles light up and we are pretending that we're flying on brooms. And I even shared one with you, what was it this morning or yesterday where I said, oh, he's LARPing because he was, yes. he had practical magic music going and he was pretending that the spoon was moving. In fact, I said, hey, I did a video exactly like that. <laughs> but I did. I did when I first started on here because um, to me, it's entertaining. Yeah, exactly. So- I don't care if I, if I'm a witch or not, I think that that is funny. (laughs) It is. It's, it's fun. Um, and so what they were saying is we're just lending to this idea that non witches are seeing from the outside perspective. And then they are thinking that we are using demonic forces and, and perpetuating this idea that we're evil and we're doing evil things. And I can, I can kind of see their argument. But here's where I have a counter argument to that. And and there's argument, I'm sure, counter argument to this as well. But if I see a coffee scene on Instagram where the person has a beautifully curated photo of a perfect cup of coffee with their perfect crumbs on the table and it's perfectly set with their beautiful tea towel and they're perfectly pouring it and the lighting is perfect and the colors are perfect and their skin is perfect. I do not think that that's what that person looks like every time they do coffee. I just think that it's a beautiful coffee picture. And yes, psychologically, I may be interested in that coffee, but I'm not thinking that when I pour that cup of coffee, that that my world is going to transform into this perfectly curated photo. So if you're coming online and you're watching witches, 
like you can be a real coffee maker and and still post these beautifully curated pictures if you're coming on social media and you believe that I'm really lighting a candle with my breath and I'm really moving a spoon again psychological stuff going I'm on. wondering what psychological stuff you Absolutely. have going on and again because I'm not most people it. have a sense of you know like th- that you can tell the difference Ugh, I don't know that this is done they don't for live the in camera this, yeah yeah <laughs> and and a lot of people and I understand that there's this there is this issue right now on social media and and we're starting to move away from it where these people are being debunked of creating a certain look on on Instagram on social media. You hear people talking about how oh my god, I uh, you know, I posted all these pictures and it looked like my family was doing amazing, but behind the scenes my husband and I were struggling to not get divorced, you know? And you hear about it's notorious that people will say that if a couple is posting all of these cutesy little things and I love you so much that they're probably going to, they're on the verge of breaking up because a happy couple does not feel the need to post their happy couple relationship on social media all the time. They have nothing to prove. And yeah. so you see a lot of these, the, a lot of this happening in the um, Insta model area where people are using Facetune and all types of editing software to create these unrealistic body images. And then people are thinking that these individuals really look like this. And then they meet them in person and realizing that they don't actually look like that. (laughs) And so, and then, so now we've got people who are showing, oh, I can stand a certain way and it makes my body look great. But when I sit down, I still have rolls. When I stand a certain way, you can still see my hip dips. When I stand a certain way, you can still see the arm fat. I know how to pose my body to make it look its best. There's nothing wrong with using some some editing software so that you look to, you look a little bit more polished. I mean, if you go to a good photographer, a good photographer is going to do that period. They're going to polish up your photos so that you look the best you can possibly look. The problem comes in when they start changing body shape and unrealistic skin and plumping up the face and and widening the eyes and, and creating a person that doesn't actually look like the individual. That's where it comes in. And you have to have enough critical thinking skills and enough discernment to be able to tell the difference between a beautifully curated photo. I don't believe that the fantasy photos that I see on Instagram of somebody dressed up in Viking gear is what they look like all the time. I don't believe that, you know, I know that that's done for that photo. And maybe it's because I do take my own photos. Um, Maybe it's because I've been a part of photo shoots that I know what goes on behind the scenes. I know what goes into editing these, but for you as our listeners, we want to tell you this so that you can tell the difference. Where Lacey and I have the problem and would probably somewhat agree with these individuals is the spread of misinformation. Now, I do not think, and I I think Lacey, you agree with me, that dressing up in a costume and portraying a witchy aesthetic is not spreading misinformation. Because that's just, it's just creating entertaining beautiful artful i would say it's even artistic videos you're not going to get followers like even even in your videos in the beginning when you were teaching you still you knew 
you had an aesthetic. You could see your office. You could see that you had, you know, um, you know, you had all of this stuff in there. It was eye catching and it drew you in. I, I cannot see anybody gaining followers or like being able to teach anybody by sitting in front of a blank, you know, like, like with nothing behind you. And you're just sitting there and you're like, and this herb is for this. Like, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. All monotone and yeah. this herb is for this and this is tomorrow we're gonna this. learn about tomorrow candles. <laughs> uh, i'm Can making a face that's why lacy's laughing at me i'm making a face because i'm i don't i don't know how to be like serious, serious? So like, uh, i am trying to teach you witchcraft <laughs> like that would sure be you so pay attention to this part yeah <laughs> so um yeah, obviously, like, and, and Lacey and I have had this conversation. One of the most surprising things that I learned in my master's degree of clinical counseling was the fact that there is a pretty person factor. And we actually learned that if your office, there is a specific way that you want to set up your office so that it is comfortable and aesthetically pleasing to your clients. And if you are beautiful, people are more likely to listen to you. So yeah, that, that is unfortunate, but it's, it's the truth, but, but beauty is subjective. So mm -hmm. I've seen creators that if I were to see them without their makeup, I would not find them attractive, but once they put their makeup on or their costume on, or they get all of the stuff together, they may not be beautiful in a conventional way, but they are beautiful at that point. They have, they have accentuated some type of creation that is beautiful and the art form itself is beautiful that there's nothing wrong with that um you know it it can become dan damaging there are situations where it can become damaging where you think you can't get, get in front of a camera unless you're dolled up or you, you right. know you can be human and if you can't feel like you can't be human that's part of the issue as well Yes. And I, I think that's another reason why people can kind of relate to you and I both. We, neither one of us have a problem with getting on in front of all the people that watch us with nothing on. I, we do it all the time without anything on. I don't wear anything but um, eyeshadow and mascara, but if I don't have it on, I do feel naked. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But I struggle. I'm doing that. I, and I, and I do struggle with um, acne because I, I, ever since I turned 29, so I do get a little bit self-conscious, but I can see that, and I try to make sure that my filter, like I do have a tiny bit of the blurring filter on, but it's at like less than 25%. And I do that because I do want to look somewhat polished, but I'm not trying to create an unrealistic. So you can see when I move certain ways, you can see my wrinkles show up. So I'm not trying to like give false sense. Like somebody recently said that everybody puts a glamor on. There's something to be said for a difference between a glamor and editing, you know, a glamor and being polished. And so I will get in front of the camera with my glasses on and no makeup whatsoever. My hair not done. It's pulled back. Those are few and far between because I do know that I am consciously aware that if you look more presentable, if you are pretty, you know, like conventionally pretty, uh, then you will get more of a following. And I do see my videos where I have at least makeup on do much better than the videos where I'm not wearing any makeup. So, you know, I, 
Right. Exactly. I can tell the difference, but I'm also not using any huge fancy lighting. I stand in front of a window, you know? Um, so, and then when in my membership, when I do my coaching calls, I'm not wearing any makeup. I'm not afraid to get in front of my members. It's a Sunday night for me. We're all hanging out. We're just chit chatting. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't think that that's the time that I need to be, you know, full face and makeup, but if I'm entertaining, yes. And I am conscious if I'm making, and I told Lacey this the other day, if I'm making a video and my hands are in it and it's just my hands, do you want to see crusty ass hands making some beautiful drink? No, you want to no. see nice hands doing it. You don't want to see crusty ass hands. So I will put lotion on. I will make sure my nails are done before I do that. But that's the same yeah. in modeling. It's, it's creating a nice aesthetic so that you can put people in a certain mood. Well, and you know, if we ever do, you know, if, if this COVID thing ever ends and we do a meetup or anything like that, you can bet your ass. I will wear my hat. I'm gonna, it just, that's the way it's going to be. So, I mean, and that's another thing with dressing up you, it helps you, uh, differentiate between people and like notice people, you know what I'm saying? Like you, mm-hmm. you can go out and, and just know, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so just by something that they have on from their video. So if you go to any kind of these meetups or whatever, and you're looking for a particular people to meet, you can find them. So it's mm-hmm. not always just because, you know, I mean, it's just a defining thing, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well, yeah, it's something that differentiates. Um, I'm aware that people used to know me with blonde hair. And then for a while I had brown hair and now I'm back to blonde hair, but people used to know me with blonde hair. And there were people who used to draw me and some of my drawings don't currently match me. And you become aware of what somebody looks like and it becomes part of your brand. And so that's the other thing. I I think people forget that, Hey, if you want to get on TikTok and you just want to make videos because it's your outlet and it's a really great way for you to be able to express yourself. I am all for that by all means. But if you're going to create a brand, there's some things you have to keep in mind. The way you look is part of your brand. The background is part of your brand, your colors that you wear is part of your brand. There's a reason that if I'm wearing makeup, I have red lipstick on. I have created it to be part of my brand. You a know, key I'm identifier. Yeah, it's a key identifier. It creates you as part of your brand. And if you're going to grow a large following, just like singers, just like actresses, there's something about them that differentiates them from everybody else that makes them noticeable. And that's part of branding. And if you're conscious of that, you can use that to your advantage. And if dressing up is part of your brand, you can use that to your advantage. And that is another thing. Like um, it kind of shows what is working more for people than than other stuff that you do. Even if uh, some of your stuff has a lot of views or a lot of um, interaction and stuff like that, there are certain things you do that are going to stand out more than, than others, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And some of his experimentation, like mm-hmm. you and I have both experimented with things just to see, yep. is this something that my audience is interested in? Is this something that, you know, and obviously we, we base that on views and engagement. And, um, if you're not on TikTok to get views and engagement, other than using it as a audio diary, what the hell are you there for? Exactly. You know, if you're there to share knowledge, fantastic. 
But if you really want to grow your platform, you need to be able to brand and market it in a way that people are going to engage with, especially right. if you want to be part of the creator fund. Um, yes. Well, and then you said something yesterday, you know, because we obviously spoke about some of this yesterday, um, which brought us to today, you know, recording this. But, um, you know, we we are witches. We are storytellers. Our ancestors were storytellers. Mm-hmm. And we continue that on with the stories that we're telling. And it's and and, that, and that's the way I see it as well. But you also don't see us on there with fake foam weapons. I, OK, I would I would assume, you know, like to me. I'm not seeing somebody else's video and then making one similar and then acting it out. Like, (laughs) you know, even those accounts, like I've seen people, there was a trend there for a while where people were doing the Harry Potter houses. And there Mm -hmm. was a, there was a a whole movement where people were pretending that they were the new professors of the Harry Potter stuff. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, it was fun. And yeah. at no point did I think, oh my God, these are real professors that I'm going to learn right. magic from. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so, but the, but the side that I did want to talk about, and this is something that does irritate both Lacey and I, and we've had discussions offline about this several times. And that is when the aesthetic goes too far. So this mm-hmm. is, this is the ugly part. Okay. One of the things that we've seen that can be a contributor to misinformation is when the aesthetic is portrayed in such a way that it looks like it's actually part of the practice. And so one example that I'm going to bring up is thinking that you have to smoke cleanse absolutely every element of your spell. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I use jars a lot in my practice, but not in my spell work. Mm-hmm. I use it as storage devices. I hardly ever do a spell jar unless it's a jar that's going to be used over and over and over again, an ongoing spell. I'm not out burying jars all over the freaking planet. I'm not taking jars apart so that I can reuse them, which is really what you should be doing. So these videos where the person is constantly making jars and then they're smoking their jars and then they're leaving the smoke in the jars. And again, I'm not putting anybody down. If that's what you think you need to do for your practice, fantastic. But I have a feeling they're doing it for the aesthetic of the video. And then- But failing to mention, you don't have to do this. Yes. This is not a necessary step, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) Or they're creating the aesthetic where they're pretending to do a spell Mm -hmm. and they're recording it. But because it's 60 seconds, they're not giving the full story and they never give the full story, not in the comments, not in the caption, not in the captions on the video of what it actually takes to do that spell. And then somebody goes and tries it thinking, I just learned how to do this spell from TikTok and believing that that's actually going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's where the ugly part comes in. And again, that's something that we have gotten frustrated with ourselves because we see spells that we know how to do or rituals or meditations that we know how to do. And we're watching these people do them in a beautiful aesthetic way. Fantastic. But we as experienced witches know that's not actually how that spell went. Right. But new practitioners are not knowing that. They're not seeing that part of it. And that is extremely frustrating because they essentially, in some cases, they can really physically get hurt. I mean, there was so many of those cord cutting rituals that were going around and they weren't practicing practical candle safety. Right. Yeah. Some of them were scary. (laughs) Yes. Some of them were terrifying. Please tell me you didn't leave the room (laughs) because... And some of this aesthetic 
like where people are dressing their candles in a, an inch thick of herbs and then going, oh my God, what deity do you think is co- trying to contact me with how big my flame is? Dude, your you herbs. just created a firebomb with all your freaking herbs, your herbs caught. And now you're creating, like, most likely you're going to burn through the glass. The glass is going to yes. break experience. I know I've done it. Okay? Same here. <laughs> It's going to break the glass because the glass got too hot and it's going to yes. shatter and explode. And then if you're too close to it and or your animals. Why, and I even made a video about it. I was like, hey, look, you guys, I was doing this spell and my freaking candle holder broke. Do you know what that means? It means absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. I mean, but the flame got on my glass and it freaking broke it. <laughs> I also see that a lot of these people don't mention you do not have to use oils and herbs on every candle. It does not have to be every single candle, (laughs) like they're doing it for everything, all of them. And it's like, you you don't have to, but yeah, as Lacey said, you don't necessarily need to anoint and do herbs on every single candle, um, casting a circle every single time you do a spell. No, you do not have to having a circle of salt. And, and I've seen experienced witches And again, I think they're doing it for the aesthetic, but I, you know, I can't be sure Mm -hmm. putting a salt ring around certain spell work. And I'm like, I don't know what that doesn't make logical sense to me as to why you would use a salt ring for that particular (laughs) spell. So again, we want you to make good decisions. We want you to understand the difference And we want you to know that aesthetics are amazing and aesthetics Mm -hmm. are entertaining and aesthetics can add something to it. It's no different than decorating your house. It's no different than our ancestors dressing up in costume to share a story. There's no difference. We're telling stories, we're sharing information, but it, it can get ugly when new practitioners cannot tell the difference. Right. And And then the last part that I wanted to discuss is the part that of this that did piss me off a little bit. And, um, and that is the idea that witches have to hide. Yeah. I don't agree with that. (laughs) So I will say if you are in the closet and, and you are staying in that closet for safety reasons, please continue to stay in that closet. Yes, absolutely. But some of the comments that I saw is that real witches hide like an exact quote, real witches hide. And if you're going to make a blatant, like, like matter of fact statement like that, and you're not going to explain or back it up with anything, I'm going to have a problem with it because there's no such thing as real witches hide, Witches, real witches do whatever the fuck they want. They, they hide or they don't hide. They hide for varying reasons. Maybe it's to protect their family. Maybe it's where they live in the world or where they live in the world. Maybe it's not safe for them to practice. I know that I hid my practice a whole lot when I was stationed in Qatar because there was literally mm-hmm. still witch hunts going on in Saudi Arabia and uh, yeah, you know, potentially in Qatar. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, and so it, it, nothing about the way I looked was going to give away that I was a witch. It was, it was interesting to be put back into that situation where I had to hide my practice again. But there's a difference between hiding also in the United States, specifically I'm talking about, there's a difference between hiding and keeping it private for, for whatever reason. So, uh, I was telling Lacey that my husband is in the military and the military has a lot of Christians in it. There's many of our ceremonies and our changes of command will have prayers in it, which I have my own issues with, um, 
And then there's, you know, obviously there's, there's a church, there's chapels and the chapels typically are only Christian. There's no, there's no Jewish rabbis there. There's typically not, uh, I don't know what the, the leader in a Muslim or a, yeah, in Islam would be, but there's none of those there. Typically it's just all Christian denominations at the chapel. So that has its own issues. Um, and typically a lot of commanders are very religious. Typically they're Protestant as well. And so I have chosen not to share my practice openly if I'm in a military setting to protect my spouse's career, because I don't want anybody to have the opportunity to knowingly or unknowingly discriminate against my husband in opportunities that could advance his career or could get us, you know, a, a nice assignment because my husband is married to a witch. Right. So um, I am aware of that. But some of the things that were being said was that CPS gets called on people for witchcraft. Yes, I'm sure that does happen. But CPS can be called for any reason. Yep. People can like not like the way you look and call CPS. Um, people can think you're too loud and call CPS. People can can create grudges for any number of reasons. To just blatantly say that real witches hide, no. Like, yes, are there crazy people out there that call themselves witch, witch call themselves witch hunters? Yes. Yes, absolutely. They have found me online. I have my comments limited, so you can't say Jesus, you can't say witch hunter, you can't say stake, you can't say burn. So there's certain things, certain comments that I will never Same see here. Yep. Um, that's why at the bottom of each of my videos, you'll see in the comments section, it says that this user has their comments limited. That's the reason I do not need the Jesus freaks and the witch hunter freaks to be making comments on my videos. I learned that very early on. I'm just not going to deal with it, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to live my life in fear. My coworkers have known, I understand that there is a real possibility for people to lose their jobs, but I do want to let you know that since 1980s, witchcraft has been protected under the Religious Freedom Act. Yes. And if you are fired or discriminated against on basis of religion, you have a lawsuit, period. Absolutely. Yep. Now, the burden does fall on you to be able to prove it. But if you your boss finds out that you're a witch and then three days later you're fired, even though you've had nothing but good reviews, you probably have a case. You know, at least you and, and lawyers will a lot of lawyers will do a uh, free consult to be able to determine if they can actually help you. So you don't even have to pay for the consult. Oh, I was going to say, and that goes along with the CPS thing. Uh, it is protected. And so calling somebody calling CPS for reasons of witchcraft isn't going to go very far. So if you've had CPS called on you, they told them something else. And you live in Utah of all places yeah, where I do live in Utah where that would be a real issue potentially. Yeah. I have heard of people in certain areas where it is very religious, um, metaphysical shops being run out of town and, and stuff like that. But your family, they can, they can say, they can run you out of town for a number of reasons, which craft yeah. just happens to be <clears throat> the easiest thing that they were able to jump on. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hide but I also don't think that we should be running around. I don't want to know if little you're a little bit fear mongering. Yeah. And I, I, I respect the person that I did say this about CPS and stuff like, I do respect them. I, I think that their content is great, but that I don't, I do not agree with. 
So but I don't have to agree with them. <laughs> absolutely. I don't yeah. have to agree with you and I can still like you. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. Yes. yes. Oh, I think people, I think people don't know how to differentiate between that yeah. as well is that I do not have to agree with you on absolutely everything yeah. in order to like you, like your content, think that you're intelligent, think you're entertaining. Yeah. I follow people that I yeah. don't agree with on probably 50% of the stuff that they say. Yeah. Well, and I find a little bit more, uh, I respect people a little bit more if, you know, I've had people message me before and they're just like, normally, you know, I agree with everything that you have to say, but I don't agree with what you said. And I'll, and I'll say, oh, really? Why? And we'll discuss it because we're mature adults, you know? And so we'll discuss it. And I'll be like, yeah, I see your side of it. Okay. You know, I will be more mindful next time or whatever, you know, but um, you don't have to be an asshole to people. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to be an asshole to get your opinion across. And I think that this is ultimately where this all, you know, what it all comes down to is, you know, you can have an opinion, just don't be a dick about it. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, the great, the great TikTok split of November, 2009, 2020, 20, like January, wasn't it? Was it January, 2020? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, great divide, a great divide of 2020. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Presentation does make a difference. And sometimes you are angry because you do know that it's going to ruffle some feathers and ruffling feathers is going to get people's attention and it's going to get mm-hmm. people talking and it's going to start discussions. You're aware of that when you like do that's it. That's where the false information starts to come in too, is because everybody's, tr- it gets to the point where everybody's trying to create drama. And so, um, you know, false advertising, Yeah, it becomes more uh, prominent. And, and one of the things that Lacey and I do want to stop on social media in general is the, the young practitioners or not even non-practitioners claiming that they're going to do things that don't really happen. Hexing mm-hmm. deities, hexing the moon, that type of stuff is definitely damaging to Absolutely. the witch community. To the whole community. To the entire yeah. All every you're, you're part not, of occultism, period. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're not looking powerful or uh, well educated or knowledgeable at all. And not to be rude, but you're making yourself look like a total moron because people that are like us, that are experienced, and we have been doing this for decades, we know you're, you're full of crap. But because you start this drama and it explodes, that's what people that don't know any different, that's what they cling to. And, and the people trying to make, like you were saying, trying to make themselves look powerful. They do get yes. into thieves and then they're like, you don't know who you're fucking with. Look at this candle. And that those are the burning, people to watch out for. Yes. La, 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 la. <laughs> if they feel the need to say how powerful they are. They're bitches. They just watch us, <laughs> just run the other way. <laughs> some pussy ass bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Because they have to intimidate others. If you have to tell people how powerful you are, you need Mm -hmm. to look internally. That's why when people did get pissed off with me, I, I didn't address every single person. And, and even when the young ones were saying that they wanted to hex some of us that were bigger creators, that was shortly after that. I knew I was on that list because I had ruffled so many feathers and I had pissed so many people off. Right. And so did I, but did you see us go, bring it, bring it. I know you hexed me. I know you hexed me. And I've got a reversal hex that's coming for you. No, I, nobody's doing that. Announce that that shit. Announce it. (laughs) 
not only that, but we have nothing to prove. Your no, shit nothing. ain't getting through my wards, bitch. Like, no, not even. A, and see, we're saying it, but it's fact. <laughs> but we're, we're, but we're joking. Not, we're yeah. joking. I'm not being serious. I don't really yes. care what you do, honestly. No. Try it. Let's see what Try happens. It. Maybe it means I need to up my wards. If yes, you get if you know. get through, it's a learning experience for me. There's something I was not doing that I need to now start doing. Yes. I in tell. Fact, you know, in fact, and just like this, here we are, we're just BSing with each other. We tell each other things all the freaking time. Um, but even between the two of us, we're not like, well, <laughs> I'm more powerful than them anyways. So yeah, whatever. we don't say that. We are not saying that. Like I, I could take that what? bitch in a, in know. a wand fight. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're not saying that shit. <laughs> My wand is bigger than everybody's. I already know it. I ain't got shit to prove. High noon. Tomorrow, and I'll prove it. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. we wanted to share this with you guys. Uh, even though this was a little bit of a deviation from our normal content, we hope that you guys got yeah, a lot out of this. Clear from it. Yeah. Yeah. But we felt that this was a necessary discussion because we do know that there's new practitioners that are listening to this podcast and they are here to learn. And this is a great learning opportunity is to understand the difference between aesthetics entertainment, falsehood, and what real, what, what real witches are actually doing. So, uh, let us know in the comments on Instagram, what you guys think, and we would love to hear it. What are some things that you've seen or some things that annoy you that you've seen online that, you know, is potentially harmful, or maybe you're just like, how, how do young ones not know that this is not real or, Whatever you, your thoughts are, we would love to hear them. You can always uh, leave a, a verbal comment, an audio comment on Anchor. And if we think it's something interesting uh, to add to one of our episodes, then we will feature you on our episode as well. So let us know what you guys thought and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, witches and witchlings, that does it for another episode of The Witches Grim. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with family and friends or head on over to whichever platform you're listening on and leave us a five-star review. We post new content every Friday. If you'd like to stay up to date or engage with us, you can head on over to our Instagram or our Facebook or leave an audio comment on our Anchor app where we might feature you in a future episode. And if you'd like to further support this channel, head on over to Patreon at Patreon slash The Witches Grim. Until next time, witches and witchlings, keep making magic.